Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. I'll start off uh, this week's podcast by saying, I just love our people. Okay, who are our people? (laughs) Specifically, I'm talking about our black brothers and sisters. Now, let me be clear. I love all people. I really do. Uh, The Bible just says we are to love all people, all of humanity. We are to love. But I don't get a chance to spend and interact time with all different people groups as much as I do with my black brothers and sisters. And so you may be saying, well, what what precipitated this or what brought this on this week? Well, this week I got a chance to observe a deep philosophical discussion that eventually um, led to a theological discussion. And it wasn't in the hallowed sanctuary of a church or a cathedral or any other house of worship. It wasn't in the halls of a prestigious sem- seminary or university or any other institutions of higher learning. It was in no other place than, you guessed it, the barbershop. That's right. That's right. The barbershop. And I'm sure we can all agree that some of the deepest philosophical and some of the deepest theological discussions that we have as black people occur in our barbershops and in our beauty salons. Right. For sure. I see all you smiling and I hear all you shaking your head. I mean, I see all you shaking your heads and I hear you saying amen, even if you ain't saying it out loud. But it's true. I mean, some of these conversations we have, uh, they are philosophical conversations, they're theological conversations, and we're discovering and talking about the mysteries of life. Well, long story short, at uh, the barbershop this week, the barber and one of his patrons were debating about the influence of rap music on the black community. And so the barber's position was that rap music has a negative influence on the thoughts and the actions of um, of of our community and the people in our community. The patron was saying, on the other hand, though, that rap has no more of a negative influence on our community than uh, movies, the things we see in the movie theaters, right? The movies we watch at the movie theater. And so the barber began to talk about how how um how, about how powerful music is and its influence and how powerful um the uh, influence that music has on us as human beings and for the record let me just say i totally agree with the barber's position on this and so we can all attest to the fact that music absolutely does something to our moods. Mu- music absolutely does something to our psyche and to our atmospheres, right? The atmospheres that we're in. Music absolutely can change an atmosphere. And here's the real power of music and also the real mystery of music is that our subconscious takes in the rhythms and the beats and the melodies of the music, even when we're not consciously paying attention. So what does that mean? That means that we We could be totally focused on something else, but the melodies and the rhythms and the beats of the music are impacting our brain and the way that our brain works. And it's just it's a marvel. It's a it's a marvel that God made these brains that we have. So this way that music can um, impact us, even again, when we're not consciously paying attention to it. 
And so you have to ask yourself this question. I know I do all the time. Why is it that the advertising industry and the, the, the companies spend billions with a B, billions with a B on advertising each year? Um, and there have been study after study after study that show that these companies through, the, um, through advertising, through what they do in their advertising campaigns, can get us as consumers to act a certain way, to respond a certain way by combining lyrics to catchy tunes and melodies, right? So let me give you a couple examples of what I mean by this. If I say to you, the best part of waking up, what would you say? That's exactly right. You'd say it's Folgers in your cup, right? Um, Now, let me just say for the record, I don't drink coffee. And even more for the record, I've never in my life had a cup of Folgers coffee. However, I know that's their campaign. Why? Because they attach this jingle to this um, to to this music and to these words, these lyrics. And so it is indelibly etched in my head. All right. Let me give you one more example. If I say to you and like a good neighbor, what would you say? Yep. You already got the music playing in your head. You would say. State Farm is there. And that's exactly right. Again, I could do this. I could go on and on with this. I could say something about music. If I were to say to you, we are family, your response would be what? That's exactly right. I got all my sisters with me and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Right. And I see you laughing. I think you think I hear you thinking about the family reunions that we play that song at every family reunion. One hundred percent correct. There's just something about music. There's something inherent in us that connects us with music. And so the barber then went on to specifically mention where the conversation turned theological is the barber went on to talk about Satan being the prince of the power of the air, which is what Ephesians 2 and 2 says about Satan, that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And so um, and so and now this is Tony talking. And so. And Satan uses this power, right? This power, this prince of the power there, he uses this power to influence people in negative ways. Why? Because Satan knows that he is already defeated and he knows that his time is limited. And so Satan is going to do everything that he possibly can to take as many uh, people as possible with him. Again, because he knows ultimately that he's defeated. So what is our responsibility? Well, we who are strong in our faith, we who are believers, we who understand spiritual matters, we have a responsibility to do everything that we can to counteract the forces of darkness while we're um, here on earth, to counteract the forces of darkness that are roaming free about, freely about in our world. And so what, what are some of the things that we can do to counteract the forces of darkness? Well, Let's start with not supporting any art forms or any industries that glamorize profanity, that glamorize violence and drugs and alcohol and sexual promiscuity and the objectification of women. And we could go on and on and talk about kind of how all of these profanity, violence, drug culture, alcoholism, uh, sexual promiscuity, objectification of women um, exponentially impact us in the black community. But here's the part, and this is something we may know intuitively, but it's even deeper than that. Science and studies have shown that when explicit music is being put out to a young audience, the effects of the lyrics enhance enhance their aggressive behavior and enhances their aggressive feelings in this particular audience. And so the truth of the matter is, come on, family, we don't have to look very far to see the effect 
effects of this culture of violence that it's having on our younger generation. All we've got to do is turn on the news or pick up a, a newspaper or uh, pull uh, 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 something down from one of our devices and we see increasing numbers of murders of teen on teen violence. We see increasing numbers of, of violence in our schools. Come on. It's, it's more often now than it ever has been where we're hearing stories of violence in our schools and violence in our neighborhoods. And we can even pause right here just for a moment um, uh, in the metro Atlanta area, uh, right around Thanksgiving. If you'll recall, there were two um, teenagers shot right on seven, on the 17th Street Bridge right outside of Atlantic Station. And here this past week, within the last week or so, they caught the two um, perpetrators and they were teenagers. So again, teen on teen violence. And we see it in murders. We see it in, in neighborhoods. We see it, you know, in attacks and, 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 um, and thefts of property and crime and things of that nature. So we see and the list could go on and on and on. And so we within the black community have a responsibility ability to hold ourselves accountable for some of what's going on in our own communities. Let me pause right here, though, and say this. Yes, we all know that the music industry for sure is culpable in um, heavily promoting this rap culture. Why? Because for them, it boils down to dollars and cents, plain and simple. They don't care if we're black, white, green, purple, blue, red. They don't care what color we are. They don't care who we are. What they understand is that um, it produces money for them. And so we within our communities must understand that they do not care about us as people. They do not care about us as a community. What they are concerned about is, again, dollars and cents and not the health of our community. And they're certainly not concerned about our future generations. That is on us. And so we as the primary consumers and also the primary victims of this genre must work to change the message of the music that's coming out of our communities. And so if we change the message that's coming out of our communities, then the industry will change the music that they're trying to give to us within our communities. And so where do we begin? How does it begin? What can we do? It begins with our scriptures, very clear, number one, for those of us who are people of faith and what we should be doing. And Philippians 4 and 8, right? It talks about, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Why? Because when we're meditating on these things and we put those things in our hearts, then the music that will come from us, the music that will come from our hearts, the, the words that will come out of our lips will be positive. They'll be life giving. They'll be life affirming. And so, again, we can make a difference, family, by practically not purchasing this music, this music that promotes this culture of violence and sexual promiscuity and profanity. And so here's the thing. If we stop downloading the music, whether it's on our own devices, yeah, I know some of us have it on ours, or whether it's on our kids' devices, the devices, by the way, which we pay the bill for, and so we should have complete control. Remember, again, that the for the music industry and the music industry executives, this is all about dollars and cents. 
So let's respond in a language and in a way that they understand. Let's stop making it profitable for them to produce this music and they'll stop producing it. It's plain and simple. It really is economic supply and demand. If there is no demand, the supply will dry up. Secondly, let's make sure that we get involved in the lives of the young people within our communities. Let them see um, the love of God and men and women outside of the church on Sunday mornings. Right. There's more to this Christian life than us being in church dressed up on Sunday mornings. I love being at church. I love the fellowship amongst the saints in church. But we spend one hundred and sixty eight hours a week. Right. That's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And we spend maybe two at most in the church. On an average week, what are we doing those other 166 hours? Let's let these young people see us in our roles as teachers, in our roles as professors, in our roles as coaches and business owners. Let's let them see uh, loving husbands and fathers. Let's let them see loving marriages and loving relationships. Let's let them see us as published authors and let's let them see us as executives over business. And let's let them see us as pilots and dentists and doctors and pharmacists and accountants and you name it. Let's let them see us and see that there is another way, that there is another way other than the than the violence and the drugs and the sex and the promiscuity and that trying to get it fast and get money at all costs and get money at whatever it takes. You see, family, here's the thing. And here's my charge to us. We have to tell our stories. Well, what stories are we talking about? We uh We have to share our testimonies of how God took us out of the projects and now we're living in gated communities legally. We have to tell our stories of how God provided for the single mom and all of her children. And now every single one of her children have gone on to college and even gone on to obtain advanced degrees. We have to show them and tell them of our moms and our dads who worked hard to make sure that we had a roof over our head and food on our tables. And now we are real estate investors and real estate owners and real estate developers with multiple properties in multiple states. We have to tell them how we used to get in trouble when we were kids, how we'd get in trouble in school. And even some of us wound up in the juvenile justice system. And now we're lawyers and judges who are advocates for the black community and families who are in the black communities. We family have an obligation to tell our children, to tell our grandchildren, to tell those who are in this generation and coming after us. We must tell our stories because our stories are worth telling. Nobody can tell our story the way we can. No one. And we must tell these stories because if we don't tell them, who will? Right. We must tell these stories so that our young people who um, are hearing these stories and hearing the testimonies and witnessing these lives will begin to write lyrics and songs about the goodness of the Lord to the people that they know and love. So that they can make rap music that's positive, that's uplifting, that's dream inspiring, that's hope filled, that's life giving. You see, the fact of the matter is, is again, that music connects with us on a level like nothing else does. And for that reason, people from every nation and culture have always recognized a divine power and spirituality that's associated with music. So while the world at large may use music in search uh, for meaning or for expression or simply for pleasure or even for distraction, God is calling us 
uh, the body of believers to ensure that music is being produced, that glorifies God, that tells of his great deeds, that uplifts what God can do for those who call on him and those who trust in him and those who believe in him. You see, family, because I absolutely refuse to cede any more territory to the enemy. We can't do everything, but we can do something. Let us be intentional about lifting up our voices and taking a stand for Christ in this generation. God has been too good to us and too good to our children and to our grandchildren. And they are way too precious for us to stand idly by and lament the depravity of this generation to accept the fact that it's a lost generation. I refuse that. I do not accept that. And I reject that notion. Why? Let's not forget who we serve. We serve the Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And I'm so reminded, family, of what Jesus said in Luke. This is Jesus talking, but he, this is Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. You see, family, we serve a God who specializes in the impossible. So even though the situation may look dire, and it is, we know that as long as Jesus is on the throne, sitting at the right hand, making intercessions, that there is hope. So let's be encouraged and let's get out there and make a difference in this generation. Remember, family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.